go to Matthew Matthew 18, I'm sorry, Matthew 28, I typed it wrong, in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them. This is right before he ascended into heaven, okay, right before he left the earth, and he is commissioning his disciples. And he says in, in verse 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then, he's, then it says, Amen. That was not Jesus' words. That's the closing of the book. But he will be with us even to the end of the age. So I want to just draw from this a few principles that I feel like... Um, that the Lord put on my heart just to give to us. Uh, I, I want to give in the coming weeks and months, let's have some practical things that we could use when we are discipling people, when we're leading people in their faith. And so today, just as a core mission, and what does the process of discipleship look like? And, and uh, I'm going to start out with this. First thing that we really need to learn to do is to engage I'm going to use two different words here, engage spiritual seekers or explorers. So as we're living our lives, as we're moving about on a daily basis, we need to engage people that are seeking spiritually, people that are exploring spiritually. And, and if, I could, if I could, it's easy to recognize that somebody that's going through a crisis in their life, whether it be physical, financial, They've suffered a loss in a death or, you know, there may be uh, a, a need for healing. It's easy to recognize that they're searching for relief. They're looking for relief. They need help. And that's easy to see that that person is a candidate for us to come up and offer to pray with them, to, to share our faith with them. I remember, Pastor Eric, when you and I served as volunteers at the hospital, how we were called in on the codes when people coded in the hospital and we were asked to be there with the families and to sometimes even pray with the staff in the hospital. Let me tell you, when people are going through something like that, most people, not all, but most people are eager to have prayer. They want some kind of intervention, and that's easy to see. But I, I want to challenge you in a way, and, and just I want to challenge you with this. Are you offended or... Uh, or maybe even, um, um, I don't know how I'm going to say it. I'll just have to work around it. When you see somebody that may be of a different faith, let's say a Hindu person, are you intimidated by that or maybe think that perhaps they're settled because they have a faith, that that means that they're settled? When you see someone who's Islamic, that they're settled, that they've decided? Or when you see someone that comes from a different kind of background or they're deeply into the spiritual side of yoga or they're into some kind of new age movement or something like that, that they're, they're settled. How about a, uh, a psychic person? You know, people talk about all that kind of, someone who's involved in witchcraft and they've got the, the dark makeup and, you know, dark black painted fingernails and all that kind of thing. Are you intimidated by the fact that it looks like they're settled in their faith? Because I just want to challenge you. I mean, Paul didn't see it that way, did he? Look, don't be intimidated by someone that's seeking the wrong direction. At least they're seeking. And they're, tr they're looking for power. They're looking for some type of spiritual influence. They're even looking to devote themselves to something. 
But just by the fact that they're following the right, the wrong path doesn't mean that they can't get on the right path, right? Just because they're following a deception or a false religion or something like that, don't write them off. And don't be intimidated by how deep they are in their faith. Look, God masterfully has the ability to penetrate the hardest heart. If you look at Paul who was persecuting the church and having people thrown in jail and he wasn't content to just do it where he lived, he was pursuing them into other countries and going to other towns to have believers thrown into jail and come under persecution. Yet God visited him on that highway to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, and this great light shined from heaven. Jesus pierced his heart. Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, it's no different for these people you know, we should respect someone that is seeking God some way. But don't be deterred by the fact that they're following a certain path. They need what we have. I believe that there's only one way to the Father. It's through Jesus. If somebody's seeking, that's actually a good sign. Can you see that? So don't be, don't be uh, deterred by that, but press in. Engage them in their faith. I just the Lord just brought back to me Aunt Lorraine. Um, she came in contact. I think she shared some about her Buddhist friend. Do y'all remember her talking about that? How this lady was talking about God being in everything and God and Aunt Lorraine just took that into the Holy Spirit and started overlaying the Holy Spirit and that whole concept. That lady is now a believer and uh, she's walking with God, hearing from God, doing the works of the Lord. So look for the the on-ramps into conversation with people that are seeking after God, those that are exploring spiritual truth, people who are, are hungry and when we see them in need. Don't, when people expose their hearts to us that there's something going on that they need a remedy to, don't consider that just happenstance. That's just an unusual occurrence that they would even bring that up. See it as a, a God-inspired moment and event. That God's got you, and I want to encourage you in that situation to be able to share life with them. And as I've said time and time again in the last several years, just tell your story. Tell what God's done for you. Talk about the promises of the Lord. Engage spiritual explorers with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus. And connect the God answer to their need. So the first thing we need to we need to learn to recognize those people who are seeking the Lord or those that need help from the Lord. And we need to be active and intentional in, in putting Christ in the middle of that circumstance for them. Put God in the middle of that. Show God to be an answer to what they're going through. God has the answers. So engage spiritual, spiritual explorers. The next step is that we want to see those that are explorers to become believers. What does that mean? Explorer needs to become a believer. I don't know why I say what does that mean because we know what that means. <clears throat> there, there's been a flaw in evangelical Christianity as we have known it, and that is that I, I, I experienced this myself. I remember I was talking to Chris the other day about those movies, uh, Thief in the Night and Burning Hell, some of the movies that came out in the 70s. And 
And uh, my goodness gracious, I saw one of those thief in the night, I think it was, where there was a lady who got beheaded in there because she was a Christian. And, man, I tell you what, I, I spent some good altar time that night. I was praying, making sure. I was, I was already a believer, but I was going, wasn't going to take any chance. Uh, I wasn't going to miss that. Um, so I got down there, and I spent some time with the Lord. I actually had a great experience with the Lord. But, but um, a lot of our teaching and a lot of even the... Um, even the way evangelism has been done, it has been done teaching people how to stay out of hell. But not necessarily teaching people how to be in relationship with God. It's not just you need to be saved so that you can stay out of hell. But as you, the reality is God's, I mean, Jesus' message was um, repent for the kingdom of God is here. Our message is really the rule and the reign of God. And that we people need to be submitted to that. And a, a blessing of that is that you do, you are exempted or you are um, removed from punishment that will come on all of mankind and all, all of creation that's outside of, outside of, of uh, God's rule and reign. So a part of our message, we need to be make sure that we're bringing people to the Lord, not just getting them out of hell. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever heard that? I mean, you know, you know, if you're going to die and go to hell if you don't do something. Well, but, but we need to bring them to Jesus. Help them to fall in love with Jesus and not just, we need to turn them into believers. What are we believing in? When Jesus walked on the earth, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was saying everything in order on the earth is, getting, is, is being reordered. Everything's being put into place. And the kingdom of God has been in existence. It will be in existence. It will be finalized. We will see the, the complete fulfillment of it one day. But the kingdom of God is just as, just as active right now. God's rule and reign is already in place. It's just that in the hearts and lives of mankind, there has to be a reordering and a realignment with his purpose and plan. I've used this example before. But if our lives aren't submitted to God's authority, it's like having your back out of alignment. I was talking to someone the other day about how bad it feels to have a sciatica issue. And, and some of you have had, every once in a while, I get a creak and a groan and an ache and a pain and I'll do something to get my back back in back in place, and you hear the snap, crackle, pop, and things get back into place. And all of a sudden, you just, oh, that feels good. Well, look, there's no rest for people whose lives are out of alignment with God's kingdom. There's no rest. They may be active and doing things and maybe earning money, and they may be going through their life, but I'm going to tell you, there's no rest in it. There's no place there. There's nothing there that satisf satisfies they may have temporary gains and temporary accomplishments, but there's a void in it. There's a hole in it because it cannot be so unless they're in alignment with God. God's intention is that people who are exploring become believers. They begin walking with God, and they, they come into his kingdom. And, and when somebody becomes a believer, and I just want to, you know, this is not just a ritual, but... A part of being a believer, we're commanded to baptize those who get saved. I look forward to it being a challenge for us to figure out how we're going to baptize people. When we're going to baptize them. Right now, we've been waiting for 
summertime and and Lou and Eddie's pool to be in good shape so we could use it down there. I look for the day when we I, I'm I'm have already been thinking about it, praying about it. Lord, I want to get to the point that we have to have a one of those portable baptismal things here so we can baptize people right here in our sanctuary and and figure out how to get the water in and out of it. We could do that. But just go ahead and, and baptize people right here. Why is baptism important? Because it is a, a concrete time and space where people are making affirmation of what they've done in the Lord. Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We baptize into him with relevance to the culture and the time of that day. There were all kinds of ritual washings and cleansings that were done not only in Judaism, but were done in other religious cults as a part of their worship to pagan gods and deities and things like that, those demonic spirits. But when Jesus said, baptize him in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, it was a new identity that all the other attachments that they had been a part of, all the other washings and dedications that they had done, all the things that they had been a part of in the past were being washed away. And I would love to spend a whole bunch more time on this, but just trying to really capsulize it and be real quick. Um, in the Jewish culture, when somebody was a non-Jew and wanted to become a part of the Jewish faith, even in the, in the intertestamental period between the Old Testament and New Testament, that's 400 years there, they had a, a ritual cleansing that those Gentiles could go through when they wanted to become a part of the Jewish, Jewish household. And they would have them to go down into, they would walk down into a, into a trough and they would dunk themselves down. There would be a priest there to make sure all the hair and everything went under the water. And uh, so they were completely under the water. And when they came up out of the water, they were addressed by a new name. Because the symbolism was that when they come up out of the water, their old identity is completely gone. They're now addressed by a new name. They've become a new person. And now they were included in the household of faith. And so when John the Baptist came baptizing and said, Look, you Jewish people need to be baptized yourselves because you're out of alignment with God. He said, you need to repent and turn around. You need to get your lives straight with God. And so the Jewish people were coming, and that was unusual, but they were coming to John the Baptist and being baptized and coming up out of the water. And then Jesus and his disciples, well, actually Jesus' disciples were baptizing people also that they could turn to God and, and be raised up with newness of life, a new person, new identity, a new intention to serve the Lord. And so we continue that in the faith because Jesus commanded us right here to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So engage spiritual explorers. Explorers need to become believers. And believers need to become followers. It's not enough for Jesus just to be your Savior. You're not looking for a fire escape pass. Our, God's intention, a part of that whole repentance message, the whole repentance message, the whole kingdom of God message is that we should be under His rule and His reign. Does God have the right to change your schedule? Does God have the right to direct how you're going to live your life? Even when it feels uncomfortable. Can I just be completely honest with you? <clears throat> I've, 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 I've talked about doing the read through the Bible, chronological read last year, and I'm not doing that this year. I'm, I've got 
some books that the Lord's put on my heart that I want to spend some concentrated time on. And so that's where my focus is this year. But um, there were times when I would come home and I just wanted to veg. I didn't really want to do anything very spiritual. And I kept feeling this prompt. You haven't read your Bible verses today. You haven't read your chapters today. I'm like, Lord, do I have to be spiritual right now? Can I just? <laughs> and that was a, a win some, lose some experience. But I can tell you this. Even though I had to do some catch-up some days, I finished, I finished Revelation 22 on the right day this last year. And uh, so I thank the Lord for that. I know that may not sound very spiritual to some of you. But it's not always easy to do the right thing is my point. But you know what? I'm going to tell you this. If you will submit yourself to the Lordship of Christ, God will honor that. God will honor that. And as you align your life, even in areas that it may be uncomfortable right now, if you will align yourself with God's purposes and plan, be willing to let go of some things that have been deeply important to you but are also a drain spiritually you'll find that God's presence will be closer with you that his anointing will be there that God will honor your commitment and your sacrifice that's why they said offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord so believers need to become followers that means that we need to learn to grow in our faith and that's a part of our process we don't just become a believer we don't just lead someone to the Lord and then walk away and leave them like a newborn baby wallowing on the ground without any kind of help. They need nurture. They need strength. They need guidance and direction. We have to take the time to raise them up in the Lord. So believers, we need to help guide them to be followers. And the next thing, and this is where I, I know a lot of people here, we've been walking with the Lord for a long time. But the cycle is not complete until followers become disciplers. Followers have to become disciplers. If we are following the Lord, look, if we do a great job coming here and worshiping the Lord, if you immerse yourself in God's Word and you're all pumped up, the tank is full because you've got all this great resource in the Lord and everything, and you're not a discipler, you're not sharing with another generation what God has blessed you with. We're missing something. It's not even natural in nature. What comes to maturity shares that life. They reproduce. A tree puts out acorns. A, 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 you know, a, a, a blade of grass, a grass puts out seeds. Animals reproduce themselves. They re redu reproduce after their kind. If we are really spiritual mature, and I know I'm digging here, but all that richness and that resource, everything that we know and everything that we've experienced, if we're not discipling, and that's not just throwing spiritual darts at people, that's reaching people and the people that God's put within our reach that we share our faith with them. We help them take that transition from an explorer to a believer, from a believer that has received salvation, but then take them into being a follower and then help them transition from a follower and help them, even a new believer, to become a discipler, that they start sharing life with other people. 
That's what God's called us to. If we are not discipling, then we cannot say that we're fulfilling that Matthew 28, 20, 28, uh, 19 commission where God said, Go you into all the world and make disciples. It's an imperative. It's not like when it's convenient for you or when it feels good or when you're not anxious about it or when you have plenty of time on your calendar, you don't have anything to do. He said, No, go. If there could have been exclamation points after it, because it's vital to the reason why Christ came. So why does it make us so uncomfortable? Why are we uncomfortable with being obedient in that? Lord, help us. Think of that man who, whose, whose child needed healing. He said, Lord, I, I believe. Would you help my unbelief? Lord, my heart is that I want to be obedient to you. My heart is that I want to do these things. I'm I'm wrestling with it. God, would you give me the strength and the confidence? Would you give me the help that I need that I can become effective in reaching, even if it's just one person this year? Lord, help me reach one person for you. Help one life to be changed. And we'll take them from, God will help us identify those who are seeking or they're exploring. They're looking for truth. They're looking for the answer. And he help us take that seeker into becoming a, a believer. And then we'll see them bloom from a believer into a far follower. We'll start seeing the fruit of God in their life as their life starts being trans, transformed and the beauty of a transformed life. Oh, my goodness, how wonderful it is. But then how beautiful to be able to see. I love my grandchildren. I enjoy being with them. And so far, they all take, take, they take after me. <laughs> but it is, it is amazing. I mean, I, I can look at those little girls' toes and see their toes, and I can see a likeness in my... I've got this little, I got this little pinky toe that kind of turns under and over. Y'all be blessed. Feel free. But it kind of turns over just a little bit. It tucks just a little bit, and I can see that in their toes. I'm like... I got a part of that. (laughs) But may the Lord bless us. Folks, what a rich deposit he's put inside of us. How much he's invested in us. Let's invest in other people. Let's not just be blessed. Let's be blessers. May the Lord help us. Let's let's stand. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Jesus. Lord, give us souls. Give us souls. Your God, give us souls. It's not enough, Lord, for us just to talk about things that are going on in society and going around the world. Lord, there's plenty for us to be praying about, your God. There's this right now, your God, this is exposure of evil and God, we shouldn't consider it just a natural thing or just a political thing. Dear God, it's a spiritual thing that's going on. It will grow greater. There will be a deeper uh, discrimination between darkness and light. It will be exposed. It will be exposed because there will be a, different, a, a deeper distinction between the kingdom of God and, and the kingdoms of this world. 
But God, in the midst of that, I thank you that there is an answer, that there is truth, that there is a light that shines in the middle of that darkness, dear God. And we have been marked as the bearers of your truth, the bearers of your light to a, a desperate and, and dark world. God, we don't have, a, have to have a doctorate in theology to be able to share life with people. And God, help us to take as our rallying call this passage that we read, Lord, that we're to, we're to go and make disciples, go into all the world, whether that world is our workplace, dear God, or our family, or our neighborhood, or the schools, dear God, wherever we live, wherever we breathe, wherever we walk, dear God, it's an opportunity for an encounter that will transform a life. So, Lord, we pray just for those four things. Lord, we help us to be able to recognize those that are exploring for truth, dear Lord. They're seeking for truth. Lord, help us to be effective in sharing them your gospel so that they can become believers. Lord, once they become believers, Lord, help us to be willing to dedicate our time and what it takes to be able to help them become followers of you, to lead them into truth. And then God, help them to become disciples, your God, so we continue to, to pass this good news to a world that desperately needs it. Lord, I pray for your anointing to be on each one, your God, right now in the stillness of this moment. God, I pray for you to begin imprinting on our hearts and our minds somebody that's around us, somebody that's in our lives. God, that you have us in that person's life. God, because they need you. Lord, if there's a family member, if there's a friend, there's a co-worker or someone that we have a relationship, someone that stood out to us at the grocery store or at the bank or, Lord, would you imprint that person on our heart and help us to just share a good word with him, just to plant seed, to plant seed, to plant seed, and it will bring forth a harvest someday. I thank you, dear God, that with all the power and the anointing that you've given us, dear God, all the word and the truth that's been poured into this house over the years. God, that you will take that and you will use it to be able to reach souls for your kingdom. Help us to impact one. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Mm -hmm.